Hill. Okay, Psalm chapter 12, the book of Psalms, chapter 12, that's where we'll get started. And what a blessing. While we're heading that way, um, okay, so just real quick, what would be the difference? Uh, somebody help us out. We talked about this last night. It's very important between uh, formal equivalence and dynamic equivalence. Anybody want to give it a shot? Go ahead, buddy. All right, and that's that's it's, in essence that's about it. What would be the problem with uh, with uh, with a dynamic uh, equivalency? What would be the biggest challenge with that? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So in essence, somebody would be attempting to uh, grab the concept or even interpretation that they're translating rather than translating exactly what it would say. And I mean, you could give a little bit of space, uh, you know, uh, if you're trying to take the, the scriptures. And I don't know if some of you young people, <laughs> listen, seriously, if you're still alive, the Lord's using you. There's no doubt about that. But I mean, there's a great need for getting the scriptures in other languages all over the world. There's languages that don't have any scripture at all. And, uh, and if you talk to anybody that does it, or it's at least a studying for it, uh, it can be complicated trying to find, trying to trying to trying to work a, a language that uh, that you're not familiar with. You're learning one language, trying to translate it into another, and so yeah, it's not a. It, there are some struggles with it, but as soon as you begin to interpret or 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 take what you think it says and then put that into another language, it becomes more of a of a uh, really a commentary rather than a translation. And the, and the problem with that is that uh, now your bias is based on the beliefs of the person who's doing the translating work. And uh, so whenever Pastor O'Donnell was going through that, uh, those textual history lines uh, last night, and, and I know sometimes it's hard to you try to take all that in. I mean, this is just, I mean, th- I, would, I would say if you, if, you get ex- if you get interested in the issue, it would be a total, complete success. <laughs> whatever, whatever went into this would be a success if you just said, Wow. I better pay attention to this uh, because it's it, it, it's it's absolutely essential. I mean, you look at just even some of those few things we looked at last night. I mean, you know, we're born again by the word of God. If we don't have it, we're I mean, we're not <laughs> where are we going to go? You know, I mean, we're guided by the word of God. We live by the word of God. We know how to worship God. We don't know him without the without the word of God. So it's so it's so important. And so uh, when we come to the, come to this issue of preservation, Psalm chapter 12. These verses are ones are some that I would uh, become become very familiar with. If you if you, if you're just getting started on this, you're saying, "Well, I really didn't know." Um, I I was there. I mean, I remember just you know whenever the issue was brought up to me, you know, it was, it was probably almost 25 years ago, and uh, somebody got had gotten up and read a verse and said, "I was just really excited about this," and they read a verse uh, in the, out of the Bible they had in their hands, and I'm looking at the one that I have in my lap, and it was not the same. I am so thankful that it bothered me. It didn't bother me because I'm like, somebody's in error, bless God, and all these kinds. Of, it bothered me because I'm like, whoa, that's, that's, something can't be right about that. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that even though I didn't know anything about the issue, the Holy Spirit of God, which was residing in me, sure do something about the issue. <laughs> And so when I brought it up, it's like, well, it's just a new version. It's easier to understand. And again, if you're, you got to be careful. I think sometimes I met a preacher down uh, down uh, around the North Canton area. I don't know if anybody's ever met him. Pastor Tom Gang, First Baptist Church of uh, of Jackson. 
Uh, it was real neat. I mean, I've never, never met him before. We, we ran into each other through somebody else. We started talking, and we started talking about the King James Bible, and he was excited about it. He said, you know, the thing about, he said, the thing about what God has done in my heart, he said, I believe wholeheartedly the King James Bible is the preserve, perfect, preserved uh, word of God for English-speaking people. He said, but you know what? I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I thought, man, that was a great attitude. I just, I appreciate that. So if he, I stole it, so I say that all the time. So we believe the King James Bible. We're just not mad about it. Uh, we're passionate about it. But we're not mad about it. And so this has caused a lot of issues and a lot, and a lot of grief because, you know, if, if we say we have the Spirit of God, we ought to be bearing the fruit of the Spirit of God. And we take up an issue so important like this, and we're so passionate, and sometimes we get very angry. And, and if you're not careful, I mean, listen, I mean, I, some of the stories are just endless of what people have done. And it's just sometimes, even as a preacher, like, oh, no, they didn't, you know. Uh, they did what to some little bus kid's NIV? <laughs> wow. All right. Well, we'll... Uh, Wow. <laughs> Rapture would be good. <laughs> you know, let's get out of here. I don't want to deal with this, the backlash. And, you know, and, 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 and it is a passionate issue, and it's one that we ought to uh, be fervent about and, and to put up a fight and, and even a fuss about. But we have to be careful. You know? it, it, and I asked yesterday, and, I, and, we, and we had almost a resounding uh, agreement in our answer. You know, what is the main motivation people give for using a modern version? So if they're not using the King James Bible, they're using some sort of a modern version. What is the main uh, reason or motivation is given for that. And all the way across the room last night, we said, well, because they say it's easier to understand. I think you should take that into your heart and mind, and you should just grab hold of that. That is a good motive. That gives good intention. You know? I mean, unless, of course, you ask somebody, hey, why do you use a modern version? Because I'm doing everything I can to unravel the truth of the Word of God, and I want to keep everybody in darkness. Okay, well, then start a fight. Fine. <laughs> but most people, they're the deceived. I mean, when's the last time, you, you know, uh, that you, your neighbor, you went over to your neighbor's house, he was being robbed, and you just had joined in with the robbers. <laughs> they're carrying this stuff out. You go over here, let me, let me help you carry that. And your neighbor's like, well, they're stealing my stuff. That's okay. I'm just going to help them anyways. Didn't like you much anyways. You know, you're not going to help them. And so, so when we go out there, we're nasty, and we're beating up on people and, and, and telling them how, uh, how ignorant they are and, and, uh, and, and telling them they're not even saved. I mean, you've got to be careful with that. <laughs> I mean, that's not even, I mean, that's, that's, that's way over the line. Just because somebody's not agreeing with you in your position, it does not mean that they don't, they, they've not been born again. And uh, the gospel is the power of God uh, to all them that believe. And so at any rate, you know, when we're, when we're getting nasty, we're really taking somebody who's already a victim. Uh, and, and I don't even like the term, but I'm okay to use it in this, in this context. They've already been deceived. They've already either been manipulated, overpowered intellectually, which for us, that's not a hard thing to do, you know. And, uh, but they've already had somebody pull them and twist them and manipulate them and give them some, or just feed them a line that, well, I mean, you know, how, how can you expect there to be a pure word of God over all these years with all the corrupt men? And so it's like, oh, that kind of makes sense to me, you know. Everything else is corrupt. Politics is corrupt. You know, religion is corrupt. You know, my mother-in-law is corrupt. Everything's corrupt, you know. And there's like all these issues. And, uh, and so, they're, so they just bite onto it and they move forward. And then you come along and you have, you have a passion for the Word of God. And then, and then you tell them, you know, how ignorant they are and they're not even saved. They're probably not even going to heaven and all these kind of things. And it's just one issue after another. So we get got to back off and just understand, I think there's a lot of good intentions with people. I'm glad if people are interested in things spiritually, it's a great place to start. And, uh, but if we learn to understand the issue and be able to just kind of put it forth in a way, uh, Scripture is always good, right? The entrance of thy word giveth light, giveth understanding that is simple. So even if, they, if, even if somebody says they don't believe the word of God, don't stop quoting it, right? Say, well, I mean, that's kind of, okay, that's interesting. You, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not sure. 
Well, Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. That's it. I just love that verse. I'm like, oh, I never heard that one. <laughs> Probably haven't. You know, or they didn't take it in, 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 uh, for what it really uh, means. So, so we need to be careful about those things. I think it's important, our attitude. Uh, we teach the children that, don't we? You know, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, children, obey your parents and the Lord. You know? Honor your father and mother. So the obedience is the action. The honor is the attitude. If they do what you tell them to do, but they do it with a bad attitude, that's not good enough. Not good enough for me. Not good enough for God, by the way. And it's not good enough for me either. But sometimes we can be right. Bless God, we're right. You know? And then we just plow over everybody with a terrible spirit. No way. No way is that going to be profitable for anybody. And so anyways, it's good to just know and have faith in, in God's word and, and just keep on going forward. I, I, don't, I mean, I think it's good we don't mow anybody over, but don't let anybody back you up. I mean, that's, good. that's a good policy for me. You know? I'm not going to mow anybody over, but you are not going to back me up. Not off this book, I guarantee that. And you know, by the grace of God. Uh, so anyway, so here's some, some scriptures that would springboard. Uh, if you would, if you would uh, try this sometime, uh, some things, uh, and we're really, our reliance is on the Holy Spirit. I mean, uh, and that is, that is there's, there's, just, there's just no other way uh, to say it, but, to, but, our, uh, but our absolute dependence on the Holy Spirit to help us to understand his word and, and to bring it to our remembrance. But if we don't put it in, it's hard for him to bring it out. Now, now there are the, the, uh, you know, uh, uh, some, some charismatics, uh, Pentecostals. Even, they'll, they'll think they're getting new messages, and somebody's convinced them they're getting a new word. Even the, even the, uh, the uh, Catholicism, when the Pope would speak, in a, uh, he would be getting new. And it's, it's, just, it's just not true. It's settled. It's done. There's nothing new. But the Holy Spirit will bring back to remembrance the things that, that have already been given to us. And so it's important to rely on the Holy Spirit. By the way, I didn't misspeak last night. I want to just clarify that real quick. I was given a, just a quick list of people who, who have changed doctrine and they've changed their position. They don't hold the doctrines of Christ. And I mentioned that the Catholic Church would not actually recognize Jesus as God. That, there, is a, there is an over... Uh, they do, in some ways, uh, acknowledge the deity of Christ. It's the doctrine of Christ that they don't hold to. Uh, as soon as they would put Mary on an equal plane, or see, as, long, as soon as they would put the Pope on an equal plane, they certainly have departed from the doctrine of Christ, even though they may claim that he is God himself. And my statement was that they, that they claim he's not God, and that was, I misspoke. So I just want to clarify that just so that I go on the record and not have been lying to you on purpose. <laughs> uh, amen. All right, so the words of the Lord, uh, Psalm chapter 12, verse 6. The words of the Lord are, what are the next two words? Pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times, thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. And so these are, these are some very uh, foundational uh, words uh, considering the preservation. The words right there, verse number seven, that God would preserve his word from this generation, I would say from the one uh, that's, uh, that this was given to uh, and forever beyond. And so preservation, that'll be the subject here. Um, if, you, if you would uh, want at some point maybe to, to, uh, to help yourself in your Bible study, um, I like to take topics, and, and, there, and there are a thousand of them, and to take an empty page in the back of your Bible, and sooner or later it'll be pages, and, uh, and write a topic. And it might be the deity of Jesus Christ. The deity means that, that, we, that, 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 uh, that the Bible teaches he's God. Deity is God. And so, uh, and you say, well, I, I really, I want to be, I want to I know this doctrine. I want to not only understand it, but I want to be able to recall it. And uh, so what I would do is I would write deity of Christ in the back of my Bible in just one verse, the one that is the easiest one for me to, eat, to, to understand and to explain. And, uh, or one that's unarguable. And so I like, I like 1 Timothy 3.16, because even God says that without controversy, <laughs> 
When God says it's without controversy, you can guarantee it is without controversy. Great is the mystery of God in this. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, uh, preached on the world, received up in the glory. And so, but God was manifest in the flesh. And so when you looked at Jesus, you looked truly at God, the son, the eternal God, the son. He didn't begin at Bethlehem. He's God eternal. And so I want to, I want to know that uh, because the Bible teaches it's the doctrine of Christ. And, uh, and if somebody doesn't hold to that doctrine, then they're, they're going to have a lot of problems in their life, I guarantee that, and they're going to be teaching and preaching a false message. So when I'm out talking, witnessing, and, uh, and, uh, or teaching and preaching, then they have this going to come up often. So I would just write 1 Timothy 3.16 uh, uh, right beside the deity of Christ. And then when I turn there, I'll have the next one that makes the most sense to me that's easy to understand written right there in the margin of my Bible. So I don't have to keep a whole, all I have to do is find out one spot, and I take off from there, and you go six or seven long like that. And so you end up in John chapter 1 and, and verses 1 through 3, and it's good. And then you uh, uh, John chapter 10, verse number 30. Uh, there's so many of them. Looking for our great God and Savior in Titus, you know, and uh, Jesus Christ, all kinds of them. And you, you could, that way you're just establishing it. This is something that you could do with the scriptures. And you could do it right now if you want to. We'll go through five or six of these just to get them in our minds and our thinking. All these you've heard before, I'm sure of it. And you probably got them marked down. But if we're going to talk about the preservation of the scriptures, we may not we'll try to make something up. Let's just go to the scriptures and, figure, and, and see what God says about it. About it. So Psalm chapter 12, verse number six and seven, the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. So the preservation of the word of God. Let's look at a few of these. Psalm 33, 11. Just kind of cruise through a couple of these. Psalm 33, 11. <clears throat> um, did God, uh, he, uh, we, we could talk about inspiration, not going to spend a lot of time on that. Um, there, and there's some interesting thoughts there, no doubt about it. But most people will claim that most people that hold uh, that say that they believe the Bible, whether they believe it exactly the way we uh, or you or I believe it, uh, it may differ. But they will they will acknowledge that God did at one point inspire or give His word. You know, the Bible says in in Second Timothy chapter three, the, um, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and so God literally gave His word. Uh, the Bible talks about the Word of God being living words. Uh, John chapter 6, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. They're living, they're living, they're alive. <laughs> and, and so it's, it's, it, the Word of God is uh, quick. That means alive and powerful. And uh, sharpening a two-edged sword. Uh, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. That's interesting, you know. And, uh, and of the uh, joints and the marrow. And is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's another thing. We, we didn't really mention yesterday what the Bible is good for. It'll, it'll help you figure you out. <laughs> The thoughts and intents. Uh, what does that mean? Well, let me ask you, let me ask you a quick question. Have you, ever had, uh, have you ever had something that you asked somebody to pray about, but you already knew what you were going to do? That's called an intent. <laughs> you, you're, you're asking, you're seemingly asking, uh, and, and it's an honor for somebody to ask advice. I mean, if somebody says, hey, I'm just looking for some scriptural advice. I mean, that's an honor. It's something I take serious. I like to pray with them. I like to really get, you know, just say, well, let's look at the scriptures. But I have found oftentimes people already know what they're going to do. They're just asking you, looking for either some, uh, some, uh, re- uh, some affirmation, just, just to firm up some things. And, uh, and, and really, uh, sometimes you don't even know you're doing that. And so there's something that you desire, something you want, you're praying about, you're asking God for it, but you already made up your mind. You're just waiting for him to say yes or waiting for somebody else to agree with you that you can go forward. Stay in the Word of God. He'll help you sort that out. <laughs> he will sort it out. The Word of God will just work right through that and get right down to the intents of it. And, uh, and then you can humble yourself to the will of God and be excited about not taking a direction that would have uh, been detrimental to your future. So praise God for that. So uh, Psalm thirty-three, eleven, And uh, the counsel of the Lord standeth how long? Forever. 
forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Um, let's just go through Psalms a couple more. Psalm 100. Psalm 100. I want to get to the how of this, but it's, it, 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 it's, it's so short. God said he would do it. That's how it got done. So we got past the how did he preserve it. I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll get a little deeper than that, I think. Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. Look at this. And his truth endureth to all generations. His truth endureth to all generations. And so if I'm really working with somebody, discipleship, I'm, I'm working with somebody that says, I don't know, uh, you know, how do you know that the, how do, how do you know we have the word of God? Uh, they might say specifically, you know, how, how can you say the King James Bible is the perfect preserved word of God? Uh, I'm not immediately going to start defending the King James Bible. I'm going to start defending uh, the, the, what the Bible says. I'm going to say, well, this is, what he, this is what he said. God says this. By the time you get to the end of laying out exactly what God says about his word, it's a pretty simple question. Do you believe what God said? He said he, he would preserve his word. He said his truth would endure to all generations. God said that. So let me ask just a couple of simple questions. Do you, be, do you believe he could? I'm not asking you if he did. The God that you believe in, could he have, over the span of 1,600 years, imparted his word to different men at different times and in different situations and have them record it on all kinds of different materials? Some stones, some animal skins, uh, some, uh, all kinds of different, uh, different materials in different times and different ways. And could he, through the course of 4,000 years, produce his word without error to the common man or woman or child alive today? Is the God that you believe in capable of doing that? That's an easy one for me in the first grade. That doesn't seem hard to me. No, I've had people ask, okay, can God make a rock so big he can't pick it up? I said, well, he can make one so big you can't pick it up. <laughs> so, any other questions? <laughs> right? It's just, I don't got to play games. I mean, seriously, isn't that something? I mean, it's really, when you think of it that way, I mean, is this something God could do? How, I mean, what would, how, what would, where would your faith be if you said, no, I really don't believe God could do that? I don't believe he could. <laughs> okay, let me show you another one. With God, all things are possible. Man, that's, that's not, I mean, that's, I mean, he just says that. He just says that. It doesn't seem unreasonable whether you say, look, I don't want to identify. Uh, we, somebody asked us the other day what kind of Baptist we were. I said, like, hmm, but it, we're independent Baptists. Oh, boy. I could see it on their face. It, it, I mean, man, there's some crazy things going on, and, you know? I mean, there's some crazy, guys, crazy people out there. I mean, we're nuts. And there's no doubt about that. Somebody said, we're all nuts. It's just a matter of what bolt you're screwed to, you know. And so it, there ain't no doubt about that. Uh, but we're not going to argue that. But, man, there's people who have done some terrible things. And, and, uh, and really, have, I mean, just, and it's just like, wow, you know. I have family members like that. Doesn't everybody have, like, an Uncle Bob? Who's that? Uh, that's, that's Uncle Bob. We love him. Maybe it's not Bob. You know, I don't want to offend anybody. If you are the Uncle Bob, so, you know, <laughs> please stay. Not a problem. But, you know, it's like we love them. This is what it is, you know. And sometimes the brethren do things and you have to answer for them because you bear the same name. But I'm telling you, everybody that bears the same name doesn't bear the same heart. That is for sure. Neither the same beliefs. 
But when it comes down to this matter of, of just dealing with people, I mean, I don't, I don't know that you're going to ch change James White. I don't know that you're going to change him. He's pretty, he's pretty angry and nasty guy. Don't even Google him. He'll just give you a headache. You know, I don't know if, you're, I don't know if we're going to make a difference in some of these people that are out there calling us uh, uh, retards and stuff, which isn't even politically correct, but they're allowed to use it when they want to, you know. And uh, they're, they're calling us insane, you know, uh, and, and uh, all kinds of things. And uh, that we've lost our, our minds. And, and I mean, I, can you imagine somebody saying, uh, that person lost their mind? On what basis? Are you serious? They actually believe the God of heaven and earth who cannot be stopped, cannot be overcome, is not weary, does not sleep, never fails. They actually believe he gave his word and preserved it. I mean, this is what a nutcase. It's not, I mean, it's, re, it's reasonable thinking. I mean, it may, it may, may look like a, a four-year-old sharing it, but it's reasonable thinking. I mean, it really is reasonable. And, and this is where God stays. You know, people want to get too complicated. I don't ever let somebody get too complicated before I ask them to give me the gospel. That's your way out. It's my way out all the time. And plus it helps me be able to give them the gospel. Some say, well, you know, I'm not 100% sure Origen was, you know, as bad as Pastor O'Donnell says he was. <laughs> he was worse. <laughs> Pastor O'Donnell was very gracious. And plus, he, he had four slides to get through in the next 26 seconds. So he, he, he had to go. But that guy was a mess. Somebody might say, well, you know, I, somebody told me that Origen was a real godly man, you know, and he was a soul winner and all this kind of stuff. I said, okay. Hey, I said, you know what? Before we talk about Origen, would you do me a favor? Can you give me the gospel? Just give it to me. See, because if they can't give me the gospel, I'm not concerned about talking about origin. Because what am I going to give them? Am I going to argue history with a lost person? Forget about it. That's all they have. You're not going to beat them in, a, in an argument about history. You're going to talk about geography. You're going to talk about policy. That's all they have. They're, I mean, most of them are much, much uh, wiser in the things of the world than we are. But, but, but if you say, hey, let's just talk about the gospel first, and then we'll go anywhere you want to go. And at least, and hey, if they give you a clean gospel, say, man, that's great. Now, what do you think about the preservation of Scripture? The Bible says this. <laughs> if they don't want to go there, say, well, I don't, I don't know about origin. All you can do is take somebody else's word for it anyways. It's hard to teach a lot of these things out of a textbook when you don't know they change things. I mean, I'm one for trying to hold the line on history, you know. I mean, I would keep saying, hey, you know, let's, let's keep the truth in there as much as we can. But at some point, you know, uh, whoever's holding the, the pen can write whatever history they want. And a hundred years from now, people are going to believe or reject whatever's written. We've got a source of truth that we can believe no matter how long history goes on. It's the Word of God. And so it's very important. So you can reason those things out. So could, could God preserve His Word? I, I couldn't imagine somebody saying He couldn't that says they believe in God. Now, my wife and I were talking about this this morning, and she said, you know, you, probably why so many people struggle in their relationship with God or their fellowship is because if He couldn't keep His Word, the same Word that promised He would keep His Word is the same one that promised He'd keep you. That's what she said. I said, well, you can speak tonight if you want to. <laughs> it's good stuff. Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good. He's good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. Uh, there's just a couple more on this line. Psalm 111. It's just right down the line here. This is just the word of God. Uh, the entrance of thy word giveth light, giveth understanding to the simple. Uh, it's important. Just keep putting it in there. Read it. Read it, meditate on it, study it, memorize it if, if you need to. You usually can read it enough where it just memorizes for you. Psalm 111, verse 7. The works of his hands are verity and judgment. All his commandments are sure. Uh, this, let me give you a real quick lesson. One of the best writers that I've ever seen on the subject of the uh, 
preservation of the scripture, King James Bible is Gail Ripplinger. A lot of people get mad because she's a woman. <laughs> it doesn't bother me a bit. Uh, she does some amazing work. Matter of fact, anybody that's ever written a book on the issue ever since she's written hers, I know have referenced it, even if they say they haven't. I'm not calling them liars. I just know they have. Uh, but her work was amazing. It really was. Now, I've got a list of other ones, too. I mean, James Seitler did some. There's a whole list of people have done. And even a, one of the new ones just came out. Uh, it was pretty good uh, by Jack uh, McElroy. But um, uh, they're, they're, the work is amazing. But one of the things that she does that, I mean, just builds faith in the Word of God is letting the Bible define itself. Here's one of those verses, and I didn't plan on this. It just happened, okay? Look at how God uh, defines the word verity in this verse. It just, I, 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 I'm just, we're here, and the Holy Spirit brought it to my attention, so I'm going to just bring it to yours. Uh, the works of his hands are verity and judgment. All his commandments are sure. If you look up and you really, if you do a word study on the word verity, you will find that the word verity will be defined in the scriptures as the word sure. It's sure. And he defines it all, God defines himself all the time right in context. Uh, verse number eight, they stand fast forever and ever. If God has to say ever and ever, he means it. And are done in truth and righteousness. And so this is, this is the Lord's testimony. Uh, this is what he does. Psalm 117, 2, just real quick. Uh, verses 1 and 2, because there's only two of them in the chapter. Psalm 117. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 89. And there's a bunch of them in Psalm 119. We're just going to hit this one because it's an easier one. Easy one to memorize. One is probably heard often. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Settled in heaven. God's got it settled. Uh, this one we looked at before. We'll look at it again real quick. First Peter chapter 1. I know I'm kind of running, running through these and running through pretty quick, but it's, like I said, our, our faith is in, is in the Word of God, and that's what's going to help us. Uh, verse uh, First Peter chapter 1, uh, let's go to uh, verse number 23. Uh, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. What does the word incorruptible mean? It's incorruptible. It's unable to be corrupted. Uh, it, cannot, it cannot be destroyed. cannot be done away with. Uh, the corrupt is a word uh, that's in the Bible multiple times. It would define itself over and over and over and over again. But it's incorruptible. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. That's interesting because somebody might say, well, I, well, I'm sure the word, he inspired, it's alive. It's alive. Not only is it alive forever, it abides. It abides forever. It means that it stays in the present tense. When Jesus says he abides with us, what does that mean? He stays in our presence, abideth. And so the word of God, not only is it alive, it's present. It's present. So it's not alive in the heavens. It's abiding uh, in, the, in the Holy Spirit of God within us. We have the word of God. Verse number 24. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. You want a definition for the word incorruptible? Or, or, or corruptible? There it is. Withereth. And falleth away. There's, I mean, so God says, I, it, my word is incorruptible. It cannot wither. And it cannot fall away. That's his definition. And this is his word. And this is, what he, this is how he's describing it. I try to describe his word. I get excited about it. He, he, he's already described it. I'm just getting excited about his description. Not somebody else's. Verse 25. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And, and I think that in some ways it's, that, would, that would be uh, equal to 
incorruptible. It endureth forever. Isn't that interesting? If, he, if, he, if he's going to define the word incorruptible with the word endureth, it's enduring because it's constantly under attack, under pressure, and it endures forever. This is what God says about his word. It's powerful. And this word, uh, uh, which, uh, excuse me, and this is the word uh, which by the gospel is preached unto you. All right. And so real quick, how? Um, a couple things. If you would, go back to the book, the book of Deuteronomy. I'm going to share a couple things with you real quick. Uh, while we're on our way there, uh, some of the preservation process, the, the things that uh, Pastor O'Donnell did last night, taking us through that scriptural, uh, uh, really a history of the scriptures and, and showing those two, uh, those two lines that have come through. And uh, primarily we've got the, uh, on the one side we had an Antiochian text, and that was, uh, that was the one that, uh, that God had given and he had preserved through time. And, and it's the one literally that, that we uh, have our Bible, uh, the, the King James Bible, was taken uh, from, those, from that manuscript, which had many different names uh, or at least different titles. And that's something that you'll see as you go through and you can make a list. But one of them is the majority text. And so that, that, uh, that, uh, that Antiochian text called the majority text, that's because the, the, the majority of the writings that they found throughout history uh, matched that, that writing. Um, let, let, me, let, me, let me ask you to do this real quick. If you've got a quick second, and I think you do because you've got about 10 more minutes at least, I think, with me. But uh, um, do, do you have anything in, in your Bible other than the Scripture itself that has uh, Scripture written on it, printed on it, a portion or a whole verse, anything like that? Um, maybe a church bulletin or something like that? How many of you might have something like that? Just take a peek. Oh, here's a bulletin. And uh, right here. All right. Let's see. Uh, he only is my... Ro- <laughs> Ooh, man, this will preach. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Psalm 62, 2. Anybody else have something like that? Just hold it up if you've got something like that. Anything like that? Right? There's one. one oh, wow. All over the place. Now, let's just say for, for, for something, you know, uh, all of a sudden we go through a period of time like what Pastor O'Donnell had, uh, had described as the Dark Ages. And one of the things that made it dark, if, if you remember what he said, is that they, they, made it, uh, they made it illegal. The Catholic Church made it illegal for anybody to have the scriptures. And then they even started preaching and teaching in Latin. So people didn't even know that language. Uh, they, could, they didn't have the Bible in print. And so, they, so, so for, a, for a prolonged period of time. And he talked about the, all the history. He talked about some of the materials that the, the, that the scriptures were written on that, did, that were not durable. They weren't long-lasting. They were susceptible uh, to, uh, to, uh, to decay. The materials, the words, no, but the materials they're written on. And, uh, and so what they were relying on when they're putting together this, these, uh, this, uh, these manuscripts and they're trying to pull together what it would be the whole the word of God for this preservation process... They're grabbing anything that was written, anything that was still existed, that had any writing on it at all, and they begin comparing what they're writing. And so it'd be almost if we didn't have any more Bibles today, but all we have are all the stuff that we have written on. Here would be Psalm 62, 2. Now somebody else might have this. Four people might have this. And, uh, and one of them might be different. And then so we would have to compare them. The majority of those would end up being what would be considered not absolute but it would be, at least be, this is where we're going to start heading. And then all these things would be considered. I mean, there was over 5,000 manuscript, pieces of manuscript evidence that would have supported that Antiochian text. And, uh, and a mere fraction uh, that would have supported the Alexandrian text. And the ones that did support the Alexandrian text didn't even agree. They disagreed with one another. And so it, was, so it wasn't just a matter of them saying, well, this is what we believe and this is how we're going to, you know, this is, you know, this is what we believe, so this is what we're going to keep. 
I mean, they were honest. They said, man, this is what it says. They said, well, this is what they put it together. This is what it is. This is the word of God. This is, what, this is what's been written, translated. There were, there were a lot of languages involved. It was a powerful thing. I think it's exactly how God intended it to be anyways. Watch this. Uh, Deuteronomy, what did I say, 31? We've got to get there real quick because we're running out of time here. Probably already out of time. Deuteronomy. I'm going to leave. I'm going to throw some of this down and then you can uh, look at it later if it'll help you. Um, you know, I, I, could just, I would just want to encourage you to stick with the Word of God and uh, keep learning, keep growing, keep reading. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it, is, it, is, it is God's intent that you would know the truth. Uh, Deuteronomy 31, Moses is getting ready to die. Not because he was older. Well, he was old. He's 120. If you're 120, you're old. No matter when in history that is, I'm, I'm sure of it. <laughs> you know, and uh, but uh, but he did. You know, I, I can't get into all that. We just know the Lord was getting ready to take him, and God was giving him his final instructions. And God said, Moses, I want you to write a song. Now, this is going to be the song in Exodus 15 when they crossed the Red Sea. He said, this is a song that I want you to teach the nation of Israel. I want you to teach them this song. I want them to memorize it. I want it to be in their mouth. I want it to be in their heart so they can sing it over and over and over again so they'll remember what I said. Deuteronomy 32 is the song. You just have to read that later, but it is the song. The whole chapter is a song. Uh, We actually sing... Uh, you know, Deuteronomy 32, 4, you know, he is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment. How many ever heard that? All right, anyways, read the song yourself. That's the only verse I know of it. <laughs> but anyways, all there. And so, but God said, I want him to do this. Look how he says this um, in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 19. Now, therefore, write ye this song for you and teach it to the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. So God said, I have something to say. I want you to write it, put it in a song, and I want you to, to, uh, to teach it to the children of Israel so it be a witness for them. Verse 21, It shall come to pass when many evils and troubles are befallen them that this song shall testify against them as a witness. For it shall not be forgotten out of the mouth, mouths excuse me, of their seed. Uh, if you could just park, just, just hold right there for a second. Let me read you a verse in Isaiah 59. This is one that you need, need to be familiar with as well. Look what he says here. As for me, this is my covenant. This is Isaiah 59, 21. This is my covenant with them, the nation of Israel. Say it to the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have put in thy mouth. Do a word study on the word mouth. And you'll see that all the way through the Old Testament, God said, I put my words in your mouth. You have it which I put in thy mouth, shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed. What would that be? Their children. Nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed. That's the grandchildren. That's the, that's the offspring. Say the Lord from henceforth, from now forward and forever. That's what God says. And so that's, he's been consistent all the way through. He said that about his word. Uh, back in uh, Deuteronomy chapter uh, 31, verse 24. And it came to pass when Moses had made an end of writing the words of this law... In a book. Now that's the whole law until they were finished. That Moses commanded the Levites, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, saying, Take this book of the law and put it in the side of the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there for a witness against thee. And so he, he, he gives it to him. In the verse 27, For I know thy rebellion and thy stiff neck. Pause right there for a second. God says, Moses, here's what I want you to do. You're getting ready to die. I want you to write my word. Write it out. 
I want you to put it in the Ark of the Covenant. Because after you die, they're going crooked. And when they go crooked, I want them to be able to take it out. And I want them to get straight. (laughs) And the only way they're going to get straight is if they get in my word. It's the only way. There's no other way. And so he said, I'm going to have it for them. Look look how he says to do this. And then he says, verse 28, uh, Gather unto me all the elders of your tribes and your officers, that I may speak these words in their ears, and call heaven and earth to record against them. Do you see that? Heaven and earth to record against them. For I know that after my death ye will utterly corrupt yourselves and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you, and evil will befall you in the latter days, because ye will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the works of of your hands. And, uh, and so we're out of time, but he's going to go on and tell them that, they, that, that uh, even in the future, um, that, oh, you know what? Go back to Deuteronomy 31, we're there, verse 9. Moses wrote this law, delivered into the priests and the sons of Levi, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and unto all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, in the solemnity of the year of release, in the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel has come to appear before the Lord thy God, in the place which he shall choose, thou shalt read this law before all Israel in their hearing. And so this was going to be perpetual forever. How, how are they going to keep the very command that he gave them? And this is very specific. Every seven years, take it out, read it again. In its entirety. And then, and then God established scribes. As a matter of fact, he called, him, uh, he called uh, Ezra a ready scribe. In Ezra chapter 1, verse number 7, he was a ready scribe. Uh, in Nehemiah chapter 8, uh, Ezra got up. He took the book of the law. He read in the book of the law distinctly and, uh, and gave the sense of it. And uh, that, I mean, that's what they did all the way through. And so God has kept his word. And uh, he's, kept it, he's kept it through his people all the way through. Consequently, and our time is done, uh, when it comes to, even today, printing the word of God, this needs to be done in the local churches. It's not, it's not the Bible college's job. It's not Zondervan publishing. That is for sure. Uh, it's not the publisher's job. It's the church's job to print the word of God. No one else is going to care about the truth of the word of God. It's a spiritual book. It needs to be done by spiritual people, uh, unsaved people. Jesus said, you can't hear my words because you don't know them. And so over and over and over again, we, we, we um, were confronted with God saying that he would be the driving force uh, behind preserving his word, making it available. Uh, he says, really, it's, it, it's, it's for your own good. I'm doing this to help you. You're going to stray. You're going to come under false teachers, even the New Testament, uh, grievous wolves entering among you and not sparing you. And uh, God says, I'm going to protect you, and I'm going to protect you with my word. And, uh, and he's done that. So the preservation of the scriptures. I've given you uh, some scriptures to look at for sure. Um, some of the things I think down through history that we would, uh, would kind of look at. Um, and and there, are, there, are, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of things available, uh, books that are available, research. You're going to have to, if you really want to get serious about it, you're going to have to spend some time on it. Uh, really, really to follow up and, and look and to compare some sources. Uh, some of the facts, even the, even the uh, opposition, people that have an opposing view, don't deny some of the facts. It's just the way they interpret them. Well, do your own interpretation, and, uh, and I'm, not, I'm not saying make your own interpretation of the Scripture, but, but look at the facts and, and look at it and bear it out based on what God said. He said he would preserve his word, and he has done that. Um, is there any, is there any uh, merit? I, when, when Brother O'Donnell begins to share some of these corrupt things, and I'm sure he'll do some comparisons. Those are always, it's, it's mind-blowing, and, and I'm sure it would, you look at some, how, the, some of the things they changed, they said they're going to be easier to understand. It's not easier, it's totally different. Um, even Paul warned in 1 Thessalonians, he warned them of letters that were written as from us. Now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 2. It's very interesting, as from us. You know what that means to me? 
That means that somebody uh, in that New Testament era got a letter and it had an authoritative name on it and it was a fraud. Just real, take a quick peek. First Thessalonians chapter 2. It's, un, it's, it's right there. I mean, this, is, this stuff was happening. I know, it's bad. I got I to hurry up, I know. <clears throat> oh boy, let's see. Put my glasses back on. It's second second Thessalonians, I'm sorry. All I know is on the bottom right hand corner. That you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse two, nor by letter, as from us, as the day of the Christ is at hand. So somebody sent out a letter that has some false teaching on it. And when Paul finally becomes aware of it, he, in this letter, he says, hey, <laughs> I don't care if it's a letter as from us. If it says anything different than we already said, you better put it down and get away from it. So it's powerful. It's right in there. So, all right. Anyways, um, we've got to do this. Somebody said, well, what about a parallel Bible? Will it help me? Listen, a man with two watches never knows what time it is. Really. It's important, unless he's got a wife. <laughs> and then he always knows what time it is. But anyways, so uh, it's, there's a lot in there. Hopefully that helped you. I, don't, I hope it wasn't too scattered. But I really just want to go through the scriptures, build our faith in the word of God. Uh, know that there's an issue, uh, and it really is preservation would be at the very root of that. Somebody says, well, here, here, I mean, here it is, really one question. Do you believe God preserved his word, or do you, would you reject the concept? And, uh, and then if you really want to say, well, I do believe he did. How did he do it? Well, then that'll be a fun study to see. Go through the scriptures. Look at some of the things he did then. He didn't do, he didn't do anything different now than he did then uh, except for new inspiration. So, Father, we thank you. We do pray that you'd help these things. Uh, help us, uh, Lord, as, as we see the importance and, and even as Pastor O'Donnell and Pastor